Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode three of Kicking It With Kel. I'm your host, Keller Fields. Today's episode, we have my good friend, Jada. Jada is Cammie's best friend, but she also means a great deal to me. We've had a lot of really hard conversations. I would consider this episode another one of them. We explore the topic of faith and the queer community. Faith is a massive part of this episode. So if that's your thing, I would stick around. If it's not your thing, completely understand. This isn't an effort to bash the Christian community or the church, but it is just a deeper look into if we're treating people the way that Jesus asks of us and what love really looks like when you're looking at it straight on. So I'm not going to hold you up any longer. I hope you enjoy this episode with my friend Jada. (laughs) Hello. Hi. Thank you for coming on my podcast. It's an honor. Oh, an honor. Shut up. Um, All right. So for most of the people who listen to this, I would say most of them probably don't know you. Yeah. Because the majority of the folks who are listening, I'm assuming are people from, you know, back home. So for those of you who don't know Jada, Jada is my wife, Cammie's best friend in the entire world. She is a baddie. You can find her on Instagram at Jada. Underscore. <laughs> at Jada. Underscore. Underscore. Stotts. Stotts. Yes. And that's not Scots. It's Stotts with a T. Thank you. Um, so an all-around baddie. Uh, one of my truly favorite people in the world, but I will say she has definitely not always been one of my favorite people. But before we get into that, I'm going to just start it out by asking you how you're doing in this quarantine season of life. I'm doing well. Yeah. yeah. Can't complain. Yeah. Definitely blessed to still have my job. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely different. But you are also like Cammy in the way that you like to go, 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 go. As far as like mentally, has everything like been good for you? Yeah, I would say so. I have definitely binge-watched a lot of Netflix shows, so that's been fun, just to kind of relax and slow down a bit. But yeah, I would say healthy over-wise, yeah, all good. Great. So we're going to jump right into it. You might not even know this uh, answer because we apparently, I didn't make a very good impression on you, or or any impression, apparently, but do you know how we met? So... No, <laughs> I, I know the, ex- you know, we had a mutual friend and that's how I was introduced to you. But beyond that, yeah, I don't remember our first <laughs> interaction <laughs> or really what our relationship was like until later on. Right. So, you know, I did mention that I didn't like you and fair, this is a great uh, indication of why. So, you know, we spent a lot of time in the same spaces and I just knew you as someone who never really talked or seemed interested in anything outside of yourself, which is so interesting. And the people listening, you're going to learn that how why that is so interesting here in just a little bit. Um, but yeah, I just thought you were real, you know, talking to you or being around you was like watching paint dry on a wall. <laughs> but, this is so messed up because no one has ever said that about me before. But yeah, I mean, I guess I just wasn't really interested in getting to know you at the time. So maybe that was the case. It's so painful, honestly. It really makes me sad, but, you know, like I said, we worked through it. All right, so obviously we have one massive thing in common, and, you know, I mentioned earlier that you're Cammie's best friend, but I think on a more, you know, in-depth level, I I would call you all, like, heterosexual life partners. 
Like, you all are just soulmates in so many ways. You know, you all are, like, truly, and I've said this to both of you, the definition of what it looks like, like, what, what true friendship looks like. I've always just loved that about you two. It's so apparent and palpable, like, when you guys are together that you just, you're truly, like, rooting for each other. But obviously, you know, you all went through some shit. Right. And yeah. before we really get into this, I want to make it very clear that these conversations that, like I'm having with these people in my life, uh, these are not unique in the way that it's not just like you're the only person who's ever hurt someone that they loved. Like I am guilty of that. I've hurt so many people that I loved under the same premise of like, the way that you hurt Cammie. Right. You know, thinking, whatever. I'm not going to yeah. get too far into it, but I just want to like throw a disclaimer in there because this isn't unique. I think the unique part about this story is that you truly did a 180. Right. And that is why, obviously, you're sitting here today. So, Cammie came out to you, and what was that like for you? It was a roller coaster ride, right. honestly. I was in college, right. <laughs> and Cammie and I were living together. And at that point in our relationship, it was a bit rocky. We just weren't around each other a ton, and... Some things had changed, but ultimately, like, she was still my best friend, still my person. Mm. And I had a lot of stuff going on in my life, too. And one evening, she came home. I was in my bedroom, and she handed me a letter that was <laughs> <laughs> in Cami fashion. <laughs> I think, like, five or six pages long. Still yeah. have it somewhere. Yeah. And essentially, it was her letter to me coming out, right. telling me that um, she liked girls and... As I continued reading, it was not only did she like girls, she was in a relationship with somebody. Mm -hmm. And for me, it was a lot of layers. Uh, Cammy and I's relationship, we're best friends. We tell mm -hmm. each other everything. Yeah. So to know that something had been going on that I didn't know about was right. like a little hurtful. But ultimately, my initial reaction was, okay, and? <laughs> right. Like, I love you. Right. Like, that's fine. Right. You know, it is yeah. what it is. So she came upstairs maybe an hour or so later and I just looked at her and I was like, I love you. We hugged and everything right. was good. Yeah. And then I kind of, you know, flipped that on its head mm -hmm. and started to have conversations with other friends and, you know, other people that were close to me right. and telling them about the situation. Yeah. Those relationships were formed from like loving God and going right. to church together right. and so their responses were based off of right. really the Bible right. and how, you know, the choices that Cammie was having and deciding how she wanted to live her life weren't aligned with how they said God created her right. and planned for her to, to live. So right. I quickly <laughs> changed my views. Like how quick do you think? Or like, so you Most... told Cammie, like, I love you, blah, blah, blah. How, yeah. how long from that point to... When you came back to her and said whatever. Yeah. I don't know the exact time frame, but in my mind, it felt like a couple days. Right. Really quick turnaround. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really remember how I voiced that to Cammie. Mm. I don't think I was ever like, hey, we can't be friends anymore. Right. But in some way, I made it clear that I wasn't in agreement with how she was going to live her life. Right. Which I cannot imagine how confusing that was for her. Right. I think she knew that the conversations I was going to have were going to happen. But for me to have my initial reaction so positive right. and loving right. and then to do a 180, yeah. you know, it was hard. Because yeah. not only 
was I voicing these thoughts mm-hmm. and opinions. We had the same circle of friends right. and they were also voicing that once they were, once they found right. out. So, yeah. So I want to talk about your initial reaction, which I would consider like your heart's reaction to the situation, mm-hmm. which was you received a letter from your best friend that told you it's not like coming out is a small thing. This is someone that you've known at that point, probably for four or five years and not just known like you all have done everything together. You have told everything to each other. Like this is a big piece of information. And like you said, maybe you did feel like I can't believe this has been hidden from me, but ultimately your heart's reaction was, Oh, I love you. Mm -hmm. You know? And I think that a lot of people, when someone that they love tells them like a piece of information like that, maybe their first reaction isn't to say like, I love you. So I don't know if I don't yeah. know if you can even touch on your heart's reaction to that news as someone who was so close to you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think going back to my childhood, and for those of you who don't know, I'm from the north, Illinois, suburbs of Chicago. So I I didn't grow up in the church. I went to church for major holidays, but beyond that, um, my mom's side of the family, which is where. Um, who I grew up with, they were very Catholic, but my immediate family really went away from the church as they got older. And so I I didn't have any sort of relationship with God coming into college. And not to say like, that's the way to grow up. You shouldn't know God until college or whatever, but that I had growing up, never judged people for the way they lived. As long as they weren't hurting other people. I had a lot of gay friends. Like it just, it was never thought in my mind to not love people who are different than me. And so I think that's where my initial loving reaction came from, like just loving people, period. And then I quickly was reminded, oh no, you accepted Christ a year or two ago. You've devoted your life to loving him and, you know, should also be (laughs) loving people. But I shouldn't support somebody who their life isn't aligned with, again, how the Bible or pastors or whoever saying that you should live your life. like So, yeah, which is interesting because, you know, I've been on the receiving end and unfortunately I've been on the giving end of this conversation too, Mm -hmm. of, you know, I'm saying these things to you. I'm saying these hurtful things to you because I love you. And so I also want you to touch on that. You know, like you said, just a second ago, you didn't, you weren't raised in a church. So like, of course you just loved people, mm-hmm. like, for exactly who they were. You didn't, there was no, you know, disclaimer to that. It wasn't, I love you, but, with, but yeah, it was, yeah. I love you because, mm-hmm. you know, and so that was your initial reaction, what I would say your heart's reaction. Then you went and talked to someone, and now, you know, that got flipped on its head to say, I'm saying these things because I love you. Right. You know? I mean, hearing you say it literally makes my stomach turn, like, yeah. makes me nauseous. Yeah. Because I just, I don't feel that way anymore. Like, I still believe in God. Mm -hmm. I love God. My relationship with him definitely looks different than it used to. Um, And I just, a lot of those things that I felt like were shoved down my throat Mm. in my time, like, in Tennessee. I just, I've gotten older. I've experienced more. And I've gotten the opportunity to take a step back and be like, okay, if this has always kind of made me a little weary or 
you know, a little uncomfortable to believe. Well, let me like dissect that a little bit and figure out what I actually believe. Like what my relationship with God looks doesn't have to look like everybody else's. Just hearing what you're, you know, saying like, oh, that makes my stomach physically hurt or turn. I don't know what you said, but it's obvious that you did have deep regrets about that situation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know, I know I've told you about that letter that I wrote to that teammate of mine when she came out to me and I think about that almost every single day mm-hmm. you know and it's if that is supposed to be what love f- feels like it shouldn't make you sick to your stomach yeah yeah you know I, I, mean? I was home one winter and I it was around Christmas time and I went to church with my mom and my grandma big mega church back home that we always went to for Christmas services and I don't remember exactly what the pastor said but he brought up homosexuality right. And it was a conversation in the car ride back home. And the entire time I was trying to like preach to my mom and my grandma that, you know, being gay or being queer, like that doesn't align with the church. And as I was speaking the words, not only was my mom like shriveling up in a ball, (laughs) like, oh my God, why did I send my daughter to Tennessee? Yeah, (laughs) Like, what is she learning down there? But I also wasn't connecting with what was coming out of my mouth, but it felt like if I was a Christian, if I was going to church, this is what I had to believe. Right. That's truly what I thought at yeah. that time. Yeah. And it just, I don't think that's healthy whatsoever. Right. I say, you know, that works for some people, right. but I don't think that it should work for some people because yeah. I personally don't believe that's right. right. But I just, I wish I could, there was somebody at the time in college when everything was new to me and I was learning all this stuff, somebody in the background just kind of raised their hand and was like, Hey, you mm. know, if you're not comfortable with what's being said, like that's okay. Right. You can still have a relationship with God right. and not agree with what the church is saying. Yeah. That's okay. Right. Like God's not looking down on you and going to strike you with <laughs> lightning, you know, yeah. like it, it, that's okay. Yeah. And there's other ways to have that relationship, Right. but no one, no one was. was there saying that, right. you know? And I, I feel like me and you specifically have had a lot of really hard conversations about, yeah. uh, like specifically when, you know, you moved in with us. And I do want to talk about that soon, but if you are comfortable with this, there were a few times where you were like particularly shitty. Mm-hmm. And I think that they are worth bringing up Absolutely. only because I want... Anyone who's listening who has done something shitty to someone that they love to know that like conversations like this are worth having and are possible and you can literally move through it mm-hmm. with love. Yeah. So I want to bring up the day Cami and I got married. Yeah. So I know how close you all were at that time. I think that it had like obviously gotten very shaky, but you know, if Cami had to pick one friend to stand beside her even then it was gonna be you you know like there there was no doubt in my mind and I think Cammy mentioned this in the episode with her because I did not like you I I did not like how you treated Cammy I did not like the way that it flip-flopped I I just didn't like it because at that time you know it seemed like everyone had just taken up arms or whatever mm-hmm. that saying is yeah. to just really come for her And I'm like, you all are supposed to love her. I do not understand. So anyways, Cammie would always say, this isn't Jada. This isn't Jada. I'm like, no, Cammie, this is Jada. Like we are seeing proof that this is who Jada is. And she would like just calmly 
say like, no, this is not Jada. Jada will come back. Jada is my family. Like this is not who Jada is. And I just really didn't believe her. Yeah. You know, I Rightfully just... Rightfully so. I mean, right. you didn't really know me. And yeah. at the time, I, I never was like, oh, I'm acting this way or <laughs> right. I'm I'm not close with Cammy at this time, but it'll eventually get better and my views will change. Right. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, obviously, I course. wanted to be closer, <laughs> right. but... Yeah. At the time, you know, yeah, thank God Cammy had hope, right. you know, yeah. but I didn't see the light right. at the end of the tunnel. Like, yeah. I thought this was really just how our friendship was going to continue to be or yeah. end. Right, which is just crazy. You know, I think this says a lot about Cammy, and I think mm-hmm. this says a lot about you. So, you sent Cammy a text message the day that we got married. Do you remember what it said? I don't remember word for word. Okay, do you remember, I like, the I... premise? Because I, I remember not what it said, like, word for word. But I remember a lot of what it said. And it said, you know, she, here's, here's just how, like, how I remember it. I remember she got it. I think we were in the car. And she opened it and she read it. And then she closed her phone and put her phone in her lap and, like, just looked forward. I was like, what was that? And she was like, well, it's nothing. Like, Jada just texted me. And, like, I could tell even then she was, like, trying to protect you Mm -hmm. from me. Yeah. Because she didn't want me to know what it said. But I was like, no, you're going to tell me what that said because it just, like, hurts you clearly. Mm -hmm. And you had said... Something along the lines of, you know, I want to be happy for you today. Like, I know that I'm supposed to be happy for you today, but there's no way I can be. Yeah. And I remember reading that and being like, how? And I'm just going to keep, like, hammering this point. Not because this is how you feel now, of course. But because I know that there are people listening to this who think, like, that that's what love looks like. Right. You know? And it's just, it's not. Like, love should not make you feel like trash Mm -hmm. you know yeah but yeah yeah and I think sending it you know I I wanted to I wanted to be there like I wanted like I said in the text message Mm -hmm. I wanted to be fully in Mm -hmm. and I felt that I couldn't which obviously I could have been I chose not to but sending that text I felt that i was showing her that I still did love her, right. but obviously it would have been so much better if I just didn't send it. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like in my mind, I thought that I was still loving her and she would receive that right. in a positive right. manner. Yeah. And now <laughs> looking back, yeah. obviously she wouldn't have, yeah. you know, yeah. like I, I just, I think I was too wrapped up in, in my brain mm-hmm. and just not knowing what was actually right and wrong and like right. what I should do. Yeah. But it all goes back to like my initial reaction when she first came out right. that I loved her right. and that, you know, the first part of that text saying that I do want to be there for you, like right. all of those things, it was how I felt. Right. And I just really felt trapped. Like right. I couldn't right. actually be there for her right. without upsetting God. Right. And my other friends around me. Right. Really. And so I want to talk about, you know, the hard conversations that we had. For those of you all listening, after Cammie and I got married, I don't really know how it happened, but Jada just kind of gradually came back into our lives in Tennessee. (laughs) And specifically into Cammie's, because I was still kind of like keeping my distance. Like, I don't know about this girl quite yet, because I think that it's important to touch on kind of what I told Cammy in her episode. You know, we don't choose our family, but we have our chosen family. Mm-hmm. We do get to choose our friends. So to me, I was looking from the outside and I had heard all of these like wonderful things about who you were to Cammy 
and like how you all were like truly just ride or die no matter what you all always showed up for each other and I wasn't seeing it I I can't I don't understand how Jada's loving you right now I don't understand that and I, I touched on this in Cammy's episode but when you do allow people to get that close to you you give them the ability to hurt you I was too close to the situation right to be to be able to step back now and say you know Jada was doing what she thought was best with the tools that she had at that time. I I couldn't have said that. All I saw was you were someone who my partner really, really, really loved who was causing her an enormous amount of pain that I could not understand why. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And because of that, you are not the only person who's ever done anything like that. I've mentioned that multiple times. I've done it. I mean, I would say if you're raised in the South, maybe... Mm-hmm. The uh, the Southern adaptation of the Bible, which is very anti-LGBTQ, I think you've had conversations with people in your life who maybe shared that they were queer in some way, and your initial reaction was, I cannot let you go to hell, which is not love at, at all, all. <laughs> in, 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 any, in any shape. Yeah. And a lot of people who listen to this podcast are from the South. Mm-hmm. That's just, that is what it is. I'm from Kentucky. I live in Texas. Like... We all lived in Tennessee. Like, what would you tell other people who either are going through this situation, as in someone that they loved came out to them, mm-hmm. and they're battling between, you know, what's right and what's good, what I would say. Yeah. Or someone who has hurt someone previously and maybe doesn't know how to, like, reach out and find that middle ground of forgiveness or, like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? What would you yeah. What would you say to someone like that? I would say that ultimately at this day and age we know that queer people didn't choose to be queer like they were born queer that's how god made them and so if i went back and could change how i reacted is just to have that initial hold on to that initial reaction of love and I mean, like you've said so many times, Cammy is literally my person. Mm-hmm. She is the one person on this earth that knows everything about me right. more than anybody else. Right. And even if somebody was in my situation and they maybe not necessarily loved that person as much as I love Cam, but right. just it cares about that person to just fall back on love. Because for me, my walk with Jesus was pretty short at that point right. it was maybe a year or two right. i know like you said a lot of people listening are from the south mm-hmm. and they were born into the church right. and so it, i mean that goes yeah. years and years back mm-hmm. and so that that's even more difficult but i mean it's just so important to love that person and if it's a struggle at the time well then do research like be open right. to the possibilities right. of potentially changing what you've been taught for years and years and years. It's just so crazy to me to look back and think that it was mandatory or I felt it was mandatory to believe every single thing that a pastor was saying, what was being said at church. And that's just so not the case. Like this whole idea of deconstruction Mm -hmm. is is new but liberating. And, And it feels like there's so many possibilities and and ways that my relationship with God can go while also at the core of it loving him and and wanting to be a good person so I mean really yeah just speaking to the people who may be in that situation or maybe did what I did and 
didn't love and wasn't there for that person and are at points in time where they now want to figure out like how to rekindle that relationship or be there for that person. I would just say with Cam and I, like it was gradual. It took time, but I, I started to show up. Right. Really, I think, is yeah. where things change. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I was going to mention that a little bit later in the episode. The reason that I could get past how I felt about you was because you did just keep showing up. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily know how you felt in Tennessee after, you know, everything happened with the wedding and then blah, blah, blah. I didn't know, but I knew that you were there. Yeah. And at that time, that was more than I had ever seen of you before Mm -hmm. you know so yeah and and I would say in that time period I was in grad school most of my college friends had already moved away so I didn't have the voices really close to my head telling me you know you shouldn't really be agreeing with how Cammie's living her life. Right. Or if you do want to be around her, you should be that person who's like pointing her back to, to God right. and like taking her away from yeah. Kel and like, you yeah. know, really focusing on how like that relationship isn't healthy. Right. That was gone. Yeah. So I felt like I could be myself again. And mm-hmm. although, especially in the early stages, it was a bit awkward, <laughs> I would <For> say. Sure. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> And, uh, you know, that was tough, but we clearly got through it, but I just wanted to be around my friend again. Like I just wanted, I, I miss that relationship. And to me, it was worth the, the growing pains again of it to eventually come out to not only where we were before, but like 10 times better than that. Yeah. And I know I'm not like trying to make this conversation so faith heavy, but I think it just will be because that was like the source of the conflict. And one thing that I thought is really interesting about what you just said was that your friends were in your ears saying to you, like, you need to point Cammie back to God. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that, you know, queer people often see in their relationships with specifically Christians. They assume that because you are queer or you have come out or whatever, that means you have to be far from God. Yeah. As if, like, loving yourself isn't a full expression of who God made you to be. Mm-hmm. Which is just so, you know, bizarre to me that that someone's thought is, you know, they must be so far. Who knows if they'll ever come back. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, when Cammie came out, I, I think at the time, I automatically thought that she was separated from the church right. and didn't want anything to do with the church right. anymore. Yeah. And at that time, I I don't think that was the it case, wasn't. but that church community mm-hmm. separated themselves right. from her. Yeah. Yeah. And that's something that a lot of people assume mm-hmm. is just, you know, if you're queer, you can't love God. And I've said this time and time again to you. Um, it's very frustrating as a queer person that straight cis people think that they hold the authority on who God is and how God loves. Mm -hmm. And it's just simply, you know, not the case. But I want to, you know, keep moving forward. So (laughs) that was in 2017 when um, a lot of that stuff happened. So Cammie and I had already been together for a couple of years at that point, but got married in 2017. We all started hanging out a lot more you know, after we got married, because we got married in January and we moved out of Tennessee in May. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was a very <laughs> quick turnaround of, you know, that happened, we're going to put it behind us, we're going to hang out. And you really made an impact on me from somehow from that time to May. I literally remember once we got to Texas, 
24 Karat Magic by Bruno (laughs) Mars came on. And we used to listen to that song all the time. And I was driving in my car and I started sobbing because I missed (laughs) Jada so much. I was like, oh, God, like, bring her back. I spent too much time hating her. Like, Yeah, this is really doing a 180 because I feel like most of this episode we've talked about you've talked about hating me right and now really surprising no, we, people yes with... we are going to absolutely just you know turn this thing around you know i heard 24 karat magic crying in my car i was like man i really miss jada and you know we lived here from we obviously still live here but for cammy's birthday in 2018 okay yeah. so that's so march of 2018 you know i was trying to figure out you know what should we do and that had already been, you know, a long time since Cammie and Jada had seen each other. So I texted Jada out of the blue. We still weren't, like, super, super close at that time. But, like, I truly did love you. And, like, I missed Thanks. your presence in our lives. And so I was like, hey, I have this crazy idea. What if I fly you to Texas for uh, Cammie's birthday? And Jada was like, oh, my gosh, I'm all in. Like, we're going to surprise her, blah, blah, blah. We got you here. We had a, an incredible time. You were here, for, I think, for, like, four days. Mm-hmm. Um, it was so fun. It was so fun. And we first were, time in Dallas. Yeah. We were downtown or in Deep Ellum and sitting at that thing. And I was like, we were all talking about what would happen if you moved here. Mm-hmm. You know? And so, spoiler alert, me and Jada are sitting together. So, Jada moved here in August of 2018 and yes. has been here ever since. So, because me and you never did have that sit-down conversation after Cammie and, and I were like, we came out as a couple, there were still a lot of questions that I had for you. Mm-hmm. Because you were living in our home, yeah. and I didn't know where you stood on a lot of stuff. And it did not make me comfortable to, and I figured that by that point, there was just some stuff we just needed to talk about. But it did make me feel super comfortable to have someone living with us that I didn't really know where they even stood with our relationship. Yeah. Because yeah, it is very, true. yeah, it's very um, personal to have someone live with you. Right. So I remember every single time Cammie left the house, it was like shut door, locked door. And I was like eagle eyes on you. I'm like, we're going to figure this out. <laughs> like we are going to have some deep conversation. And I'm going to figure out what the hell is what's going on because right. I need to figure this out. So we sat down. We had a lot of conversations about where you stood and how you felt. And I remember one day you had just gotten back from hanging out with a friend and you were like, me and this person had a lot of conversations about, you know, how we feel about if queer people are going to hell. I got very defensive and I was just like kind of clenched fist, like ready for you to say like, and I truly believe that, you know, queer people are going to hell. And you were like, and I really don't believe that anymore. And I was like, oh. it was like the weight of anything that I felt just kind of just, like, dropped. I was like, okay, I can finally, like, open myself up to you. Truly open myself up to you. And you can get to know me in, like, the entirety of who I am. So that was August. I'm I'm working through a timeline here. Because that was when Pride was still in September. Right, In in Dallas. So um, you were living with us for, like, a month. And Pride was here. And I was like, Jada, I want you to come to Pride. And do you remember how you were about it? I think I was on the fence. Yeah, you really didn't want to come. You said you would come to the festival, but not to... Any of the other activities. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, I was very, very nervous about it at that point. Well, why were you nervous? Nervous that me showing up there was a contradiction with my beliefs. That I couldn't go to the festival and also believe in God, you know, like I I was warming up to that, you know, I was like halfway there, Mm -hmm. but not quite. 
Uh, but I was like, I'm here. Right. I love these people. Right. This is their life. I want to support them. Right. So you did go to the festival. Yeah. And as we were walking in, there was a guy. Trigger warning. This is a really dirty word, but he had the sign that said, um, God hates fags and whatever else. And he had his little microphone and he was, you know, preaching, preaching to, yeah, preaching to no, to no one. Because right. we're all just, it's literally at the, at the very, you know, the very entrance of pride was this guy. And I remember we were walking past him and we went to the line and then you turned around. And I was like, oh, Jada. So, um, why did you turn around? Because you just said that you were like 50-50. Yeah. You know, so why did you feel like you needed to turn around? Like, what did you even say? Yeah. Bringing back those memories and emotions. I feel sick to my stomach. I feel like I'm feeling how I felt in that moment because I hadn't thought about that in a really long time. To me, and and I will speak my truth, it felt like God was pulling me to that man to have some sort of conversation. I literally had no idea what I was going to say. It was quick. It was like, I see him, I walked past, and I was like, no, no, no. What he's doing isn't right. And I also didn't feel like anybody else that, and I mean, there were thousands of people mm-hmm. at the festival. So who knows if anybody else had conversations with him or showed him or paid him any sort of attention. But in that moment, I didn't feel like anybody there was going to acknowledge him. Mm-hmm. Like they were just going to go on about right. their day. And I felt like a sense of duty mm-hmm. to turn around and speak to him as a fellow believer of God, that what he was doing there in that moment mm-hmm was not loving people. I felt like Jesus, when he was on earth, would never have been outside of a pride festival telling, screaming to hundreds and thousands of people, telling them that they were going to go to hell. Like, who who does that help? I mean, did he truly think that a queer little kid was going to turn around and like, oh my God, thank you so much for being out (laughs) here. Like, you have changed my life. You're right. I'm not going to go to this festival. I'm going to change how I'm living like that. That's not helpful for anybody. If anything, that turns more people against God and the church. And so I couldn't even tell you what I said (laughs) to him. I don't even know. I ultimately, we disagreed and I don't know if it was you or maybe Cammie that kind of pulled me away because really the conversation wasn't going anywhere. But I remember walking away and just like, just sweating, you know, obviously it was summer in Texas. It was already hot. Was I crying? Yeah, you cried. And you like went and took a, you went and like took a minute. And I remember thinking like, that's what it looks like. Mm -hmm. That's what it looks like to show up and love people. That's what it looks like to show up and love your people. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember Cammie came up to you and she was, cause I was like standing with her and she was like, Jada, there's no point. He is not here to talk. Yeah. He is not here to talk you know and I think that was what I would consider maybe like the beginning of your allyship perhaps absolutely yeah Yeah. and because I saw you I think that was the first time that you had expressed the way you felt about you know I'm not I don't even know what you said but about how that wasn't you know loving people Mm -hmm. and saw you know up close how absolutely awful it is to see people that you love truly 
affected by that person with the sign, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. And we assume, I feel like I'm kind of going on a tangent, but we assume that when we say things to people that are hurtful, like, you know, I'm telling you this because I love you, that those don't equate. Mm -hmm. But when you say those things, you are the person with the sign. Yeah. And it's tricky. It doesn't need to be tricky, but it is tricky because in the moment you feel like you're doing what you should Mm -hmm. because I've been there and I know in that moment I felt that's what I should be saying. But at the point that I'm at now, I realize and I know that that's not helpful and that's really not loving people the way that you're supposed to. Yeah. And so, I mean, like I said, I think that that was like the beginning of your allyship, but that was also two years ago. And the difference from who you are now to who you are two years ago, to me, is, like, mind-blowing. You have come such a far away from even that person who was like, I I don't know if I should go to this festival. I don't know what that means to, like, literally watching Drag Race with me on Saturday mornings. (laughs) You know what I mean? So, you've really... So, this is almost like a two-parter. What do you think has changed the most... Or what do you think allowed that change? I would consider it growth. Yeah. Truly, like, what do you think allowed you to grow in these last two years? I mean, I would put it back on you and Cam. Obviously, everybody listening right now, (laughs) well, if you don't know, you should know that Cam and Kel are literally (laughs) some of the best people you could ever have in your life. And I know people who are listening who know them also feel that way. I think you guys gave me so much grace and so much time and space to grow. Although, you know, in the time frame back in Tennessee, you didn't like me, but I was sticking around, you know, like Cammie loved me. She believed that I would come back around and I did. And it took time for us to get to where we are now, but you allowed me to have this space to figure out what I believed Mm -hmm. and how to love you guys. And, you know, not everybody is in the same place that you and Cam are, you know, not everybody is so forgiving or willing to let people back into their life. And that's okay. You know, that, mm-hmm. I mean, ultimately, like, it's everybody's decision right. who they want in their life. But you guys, again, gave me the time and the space to do it. And I'm just forever thankful. I mean, I think also when both of you worked at Resource Center, going to the events and just being more, like, around the culture more mm-hmm. was so insightful. That's mm-hmm. why, I, like, when I have conversations now, I tell people it's so important that your circle, not your tight, it doesn't necessarily have to be your tight knit circle, but the people that you are around needs to be diverse. Mm-hmm. You know, like they shouldn't look like you. They right. shouldn't live the same life that you do. Right. Like that's how I've grown right. as much as I have. Yeah. Because I see how different lives could look mm-hmm. and know that that's okay. Right. You know? Yeah, and this was the second part of my question, which is great because you just basically led into it. But you were spending, and you have spent more time around queer people. Mm-hmm. Um, go ahead. And people will say, well, you're starting to feel that way because you are around queer right. people. Right. So, like, the, of course you're okay with how they're living their life. Right. And in my mind, and yeah. how I see it is, no, my eyes are exposed and wider to what all is out there, you know, like you evolve over time and you start to grow and change because you're exposed to 
different people, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like, you can't just have your small little bubble of people that believe the same things that you do, right. have the same sort of families, and, and go to the same church. Like, yeah. it, there's just so much more out there. Yeah. It's just so much bigger than you and me, right. you oh, know? Sure. And, and the city that you live in or town or whatever, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like you said, there's so much we can learn from each other. I want to have these conversations with people who come from different backgrounds mm-hmm. and who have walked, you know, different walks. And your walk was very, you know, faith forward. And what I'm saying is, I know that it probably wasn't always easy for you to expose yourself to new groups of people, mm-hmm. um, specifically queer groups of people, because we're a lot. <laughs> we, we are what a lot of people would say. We're very, not all of us, some of us are very over the top mm-hmm. and very unapologetic yeah. in our queerness. You know, before I moved to Dallas, like, I didn't really ever even have a queer community. You know what I mean? Because there wasn't that yeah. in Tennessee or Kentucky. But one thing that I saw that I thought represented, I don't, I mean, I thought to me it represents Jesus was just the way that the queer community just loves so hard. I think a lot of times for church, or for, you know, Christian folks, there is this message of, like, come as you are, but you cannot stay that way. Yeah. You know, and in the queer community, it's come as you are and... Stay that way. And stay that way. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you want to consider it, like, biblical. Mm-hmm. But if Jesus calls us to love each other... Right. He, I mean, I would say that the queer community is, like knocking that out of the park Mm -hmm. for the most part okay so we're almost done but before we go i have just a couple more questions i have noticed probably in the last six months that you have become a lot more outspoken on specifically social media your instagram at jada underscore stots follow me hit her with that follow and then uh dm me and thank me for the beautiful content (laughs) that you are about to see but yeah, I feel like you've been a lot more outspoken and more of a, I would consider you an ally, even if you did not post anything, because mm-hmm. I know how you show up for me and I know how you show up for Cammy. but you have become a lot more of an outward ally, I would say, mm-hmm. um, which I'm sure is scary because you have a lot of people on your social media that probably don't agree with you. And I was just curious what that shift was for you and what kind of inspired you to do that, because I have an assumption, because I to me, I can pinpoint when it changed, but I was curious if, for you, if there was a moment. I think I was really just fed up with myself. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> that I would, which I think is the most important, you know, I would show my love and allyship in person, mm-hmm. like face to face. I was at that point, right. but when it came to my social media, I, it was almost nowhere to be found. Like right. you said, Besides posting like a picture of me with you and right. Cam, um, that was really the extent of it. Yeah. I would say when everything with Ahmad Arbery when that happened, and everything that followed after that, and obviously, this isn't that's not new. You yeah. know that obviously racial injustice, everything has been happening for a really long time. Mm-hmm. So again, that's not new. But when everything started to really 
blow up and you were out of town and Cam and I went to a rally down at um, Dallas City. City Hall. I realized that, and I always knew this about Cammie, that she supported me and was an ally mm. and literally would die for me. I knew that about her, but her showing up for me in that way and posting on social media, her at those protests with me, supporting me and my community, really made me realize that I wasn't vocal on social media supporting her and her community. Right. And it to me, it was crazy because like I knew where my mind was, mm. but I wasn't broadcasting that for right. my followers, yeah. all couple hundred of them. <laughs> you have over a thousand. Uh, but I, I mean, my social media presence is pretty heavy. Like I post on my social, on my story on Instagram a yeah. lot. Yeah. And I love that. Yeah. So it was like, why am I posting frivolous things like my meals and working out and stuff like that, but not also showing everybody that I love this community too. Yeah. And I just, it, it was time. Yeah. I guess I didn't necessarily before that realize that I hadn't been doing it, yeah. but that changed quickly. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not doing it. Yeah. And why is that? So like I, I addressed that and I was like, you know, I think ultimately I was still scared. Right. I was scared of the backlash of the conversations that may arise mm. from posting something, you know, heated debates that I wasn't ready to have. Right. And I was like, I, I may never be ready to right. <laughs> battle with somebody on Instagram, go back yeah. and forth with them, you know, about what the Bible says. And, and I'm no Bible guru. I, I can't spit verses off the top of my head. But what I do know is that I love this community and I should be showing that love on my yeah. social media. Yeah. So it was, it was time and it started and I feel like it's just, it's continued to roll from there, you right. know, and, and it just, it feels right. Right. Yeah. That was exactly what I was going to say. I noticed a change as soon as Cammie posted the photo of you all together at the demonstration. And we never spoke about this. Yeah. Literally yeah. ever. But I remember thinking, I was so glad to see that you were, you know, becoming more of like an outward ally. Uh, I'm definitely going to have you back on because I think that you have such an interesting perspective as a biracial woman mm -hmm. who was raised by a white mom who feels so deeply connected to the black community. I think that you saw the intersection of Black Lives Matter and the queer community. Yes. And... Yeah, I don't know. I just, I could see that light bulb kind of go off for you. Like, you're not queer mm -hmm. and I'm not black, but our communities will show up for each other. Yeah. Because we know what it's like to be looked at as less than. Right, right. You know? I love hearing you talk about that because mm -hmm. I, I feel with specifically you, you can tell me what I'm thinking before <laughs> I even know it. <laughs> Oh, or funny. you're just so you're just so aware mm -hmm. of your surroundings and you really know people and you study them and you and you pay attention to yeah. things that like for me I don't always pay attention to. Yeah. So you're totally right. Like that was the intersection. Yeah. And and when that started. So I have one more question for you but before I ask that question I think that the beginning of this podcast 
was, you know, it's a hard situation. It's not, it's not hard now, but it, it is a hard conversation to say, you know, this is how I was and be so open about it because like I said, I have so many moments in my life that I wish I could go back to and change. I really want to just thank you for coming on and like allowing complete strangers to hear and I said this in in Cammy's episode like if you open your heart you can change your mind Mm -hmm. and I think that's like really what it comes down to I want to express to you you know I know that you're Cammy's best friend but you're also like I said you're one of my favorite people in the entire world truly the way you show up for us I don't understand how anyone could have a better friend in their life than you and I, I mean that from the absolute tip of my toes to like crown of my head, and this is a big head, <laughs> you know. Kelly and I share <laughs> we the both similarity big of heads. big heads. Yes. Um, but I just want tears. you to know that I'm so thankful that you came on here, and I I love you so much. I'm just so grateful that you're in our lives in the capacity that you are. You have just completely embraced me as someone that Cami loves. You know, I think. Like I said, the the thing that we have the most in common is how much we love Cammie. But even separate from Cammie, like, I just truly, truly, truly love you so much. And to finish it up, don't (laughs) say anything. That was about you. My last question, the question I'm going to ask everyone is, if you could go back in time and tell your high school self one thing, what would it be? That dudes ain't shit. Hey! Hey! No, no, that's half of it. I'm just joking. (laughs) It would be, oh, this sounds so cliche, but just that to not care so much about what other people think. (laughs) And I know it's so much easier said than done. Mm -hmm. And there's so much growth that happens over time. Mm -hmm. You know, as you get older, obviously you have different experiences and stuff, but that, man, we're all just trying to figure life out. (laughs) We are all trying to, Mm -hmm. and we all do it in our own way. No one knows what they're doing (laughs) at all. Still don't Mm -hmm. know what I'm doing, but you know, just don't take what people are saying so seriously, you know? And if things are tough, like they will get better. They will. Like you just have to find those people Mm -hmm. that help you get through things. And those people are out there. Yeah. That's one thing I've noticed just in the two episodes that I've put out and I've gotten so much positive feedback. So if you're one of those people, thank you for sending me such kind messages. But it's just that it's like that quote says, we're all just walking each other home. Like, that's just kind of what this feels like, you know? Yeah, we're just we're all just trying to get home, Mm -hmm. you know, and the people that you meet along the way are, you know, the people that give you their coat and give you a meal, you know, and you're one of my people. So. Thank you so very much for being on here. And like I said, being so vulnerable. I love you very, very much. And you have the biggest head I've ever seen. (laughs) Bigger than mine. Piss off. That's not true. (laughs) But also the fattest ass. And with that, (laughs) and with that, I will let y'all go. Bye.